This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, your home for serious journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com. It's been a been a week. I think we've got three more Republican presidential candidates that have now jumped in. Thank God Lindsey Graham announced yesterday. We are uh, so, so grateful to have him in there. I mean, even the crickets were silent at that announcement, David. But uh, at any rate, he joins a, a, a really busy fray. Governor Scott Walker from Wisconsin was in town yesterday for a, uh, a meet and greet with some of his uh, grassroots supporters. I was able to attend that, and Governor Walker was most impressive. And you were asking me before the show, who are Republicans going to rally around? Right now, I mean, we could have anywhere from 15 to 20 candidates that have had some semblance of political experience or as uh, Dr. Carson and Carly Fiorina uh, biz- uh, experience in business m- management and um, being a, a renowned physician. So lots of experience, lots of names. Uh, my understanding from some inside sources within the whole National Republican Party that uh, very shortly they're not going to name the candidates, they're only going to name the people that aren't running. <laughs> That might be a shorter list, right? Yeah, yeah much shorter. Uh, and you got your buddy, the hairdo king. I just, I hope he runs because I Who, want Trump? his formula for uh, his hairdo. Are you talking about Trump? Trump June, yeah, June 16th yeah, yeah. is uh, the, the day I've heard of his special announcement. And again, that's just another voice out there. Another thing for the you know the leftist media to, to focus on. Luckily, it looks like the Democrats are getting a few candidates in there. We've got a, a, the avowed socialist Bernie Sanders <laughs> jumped in, and Martin O'Malley, who is a little bit um, of an interesting candidate. He's a younger guy, uh, I think, pitted against Hillary. He certainly will be uh, an interesting matchup if he if his candidacy becomes serious. Anybody anybody can announce they're running for president. The question is, will Hillary show up at the Democratic debates? You know, if if she's if she's polling at higher than 50% and the, and, and the others are still in single digits, uh, I believe Sanders was was climbing up. He was 16 to 18% in the latest poll I saw though, and Hillary was down to 57%. So I I mean, she may be forced to go to these things because she's not that far ahead, and her the Democrat machine will say, "Look, we we don't support you. We want Elizabeth Warren or another far left candidate to to jump into the fray." You know, I, uh, I oh, I got to announce that we're starting a new show tomorrow, and uh, this is a very interesting show. It is a fantastic group of young people. It's called Turning Point USA. Have you heard of them? No. Are they the Texas A&M folks? No, that you're no. T- no. This, is, this is a, a new group. Well, it's not new. It's three years old. Is it old. a boy band? Um, pardon? <laughs> no, it's it, Turning Point USA. Is, they have eight, they're have they on 800 campuses now. They're not... Uh, they were at your... Uh, at the... Uh, not the Georgia Republican thing, but the Republican PAC thing the other day, a couple of weeks ago, three okay. weeks ago. And uh, one of their mottos now is, Big Government Sucks. <laughs> and um, they had their posters and their signs. And, you know, they are represented on 800 campuses across the country. They uh, are 
very big in a number of states and growing daily. They have quite an organization, and they have, um, besides being young folks on campuses, they also have uh, a board of directors that uh, has some maturity to it that has been giving them guidance. Okay. And uh, this show tomorrow is going to be sort of an introduction. Uh, the young lady named Bree Binder is going to be your host each week, and um, we'll be playing. I'll be playing some uh, promo spots. Uh, Bree sounds like she's about twelve, but she is uh, quite a young lady. Has her degree from uh, University of Texas, and um, the the young folks that I've met that are with uh, Turning Point. Uh, they ain't letting any grass grow under their feet. They're going to be something to deal with. And a lot of uh, the candidates, particularly Cruz, has, uh, they have awakened to the fact that uh, the millennium uh, is sick and tired of all this bull. And they are recruiting people <coughs> by leaps and bounds. So tune in tomorrow. The show will be at uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon and then repeated at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So you'll have two shots at it. Well, and that's cool because today um, I actually have uh, our, our first guest who will be calling in. She is um, with a, um, a group that's that's working on uh, green buildings, which normally you wouldn't think that that's uh, – normally you might like to quantify that as, as the left, you know, always supporting conservation and uh, environmental Entities, and, and that's because the Republican Party and the right have let them capture that. But think about all the Republicans that are big fans of, of, of outdoors and nature and hunting. I think we have just as good of a claim on wanting to, uh, to, to keep a clean environment and to, to you know, promulgate uh, pro-conservation issues. And, and we just let the left, because they're, they're the militant side of things, we just let them dominate and control that. And they say, oh, Republicans, we just want to dump you know, smoke and oil and gas into the, uh, the waters and pollute everything, which is absolutely not the case. We just don't like the EPA running around. We, when we said we want to end the EPA, we want to end it because it's killing jobs, not because of any any reason that we hate the environment. What do you think about that? I mean, you, you're you well, from Texas. I, I, you're an oil man. So you, you understand the huh. right way to get it out of the ground and the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, they the EPA has used horrendous scare tactics, which were basically like most of Obama's stuff has been a lie. By the way, that's a good segue into the fact that it's my understanding the same people that gave me the information from the Republican Party said that, that uh, and I don't know who the chairman of the bicycle bunch will be, but that you all are going to start giving bicycle lessons, how to ride your bicycle in France, how to ride your bicycle in, in other areas and not run into curbs. Uh, is there any truth to that rumor? <laughs> I'm not part of that program, but it sounds like a winner, especially if it's in France. I mean, you know. Yeah. That <laughs> Instead of working, uh, I think your Secretary of State was out riding his bicycle. Is that right? And, yeah. The, and ran uh, into a curb. He John, didn't know a curb. John Kerry and also Harry Reid, but they're all coming up with these these strange injuries. You know, Harry Reid got attacked by a piece of exercise equipment, yeah. supposedly, and he's, he's in bad shape. I mean, he's resigned. We haven't really talked about that too much because that's on down the – the road a little bit, but he won't be running for re-election in, uh, in Nevada, so he's done. So you know, The other question i got to ask you is that uh, in, in your heart of hearts, and you're a, a, you're, your blood runs Republican. Call me Caitlin. And uh, 
I, I got to ask you this. Uh, from from Mr. Obama's <sighs> talk yesterday, I don't see how the Republicans can win because he's he stated, and I'm quoting pretty close to directly, is that uh, that we're loved around the world. Everybody respects the United States since he came into power and office. That he's turned everything around, and everybody loves the United States and. And he's done it all by himself. Oh, yeah. And we've ended yeah. two wars, and just the world is everybody singing because Kumbaya. Because everything he says, as long as he says it, that means it's true, David. Uh-huh. I mean, well, as long as, as long so as, how do, how do the Republicans stand? As a long as King that? Obama says things like that, then it's true. But again, we're we're seeing what his his policies and his politics have done to the Middle East, to Iran. Uh, embolden the Russians. The geopolitically, I don't think they can make any kind of argument that we are better off than we were six and a half years ago. Uh, economically, our how, you can, know, how can a guy get up moons? I, I mean, I really don't understand it. When when we we clearly he calls ISIS the JV team about a year ago, and now they're marching on Baghdad. And to to say that they're not a threat. To look at Iran and, and, and the, the nuclear deal that, that we've seen that's been released to the general public looks like we're going to unfreeze fifty billion dollars of their assets, and they'll still keep to uh, they'll still be able to keep producing uh, the centrifuges, and uh, and we'll, we'll supposedly be allowed to inspect them. But Iran's a big country, as so long as they're not on military. Bases. Of course, that's that's the caveat there. Iran is a big country; they they have the technology to have underground labs. They they are intent on producing a nuclear weapon, and I, I don't know if they're wanting to use it necessarily, but most of these Arab countries would love to be the next Pakistan, where they can stand up to the West and have this nuclear deterrent. Just like North Korea, every time North Korea rattles their saber, we give them more food, or the Chinese give them more food, and it keeps Kim Jong-un in power a little bit more. So these ayatollahs would be entrenched if Iran gets a nuclear weapon. If you had the opportunity, without an accountant, <laughs> maybe two accountants, would you play golf with Mr. Obama? Would I play golf with him? Yes. I, I would love to shoot a, a, you know, a round of golf with the president. Yes. And, I, and I, I mean, I, I would hope he'd actually listen to, to my advice because clearly they need to get some good old-fashioned right-wing conservative you free market you economics. Trust him keeping his own scorecard. Probably, probably not. He seems kind of competitive on the golf course. It's unfortunate he's not competitive in other factors of life. How do you know? How, he may be competitive, but does he? Do you think he'll ever cheat? Is he honest? Uh, no, I, I don't think he's been honest at all. I don't think Hillary Clinton's been honest. I think this whole Democrat machine that we've seen the past six years has been dishonest, including Lois Lerner and John Koskinen from the IRS. Did you see the IRS lost 100,000 100, uh, IDs have been stolen now because they were hacked into? And Well, how about the TSA? 95% of the people that are the, <laughs> of their own people that tried to sneak yeah. guns through. And what did they do to the leader of the TSA? They probably promoted him. They, he, he was forced <laughs> to uh, resign his leadership of the TSA, so they moved him from head of the TSA over to, and he got a raise. Well, that's kind of the Obama way, isn't it? Susan Rice, remember the, the one of the butchers of Benghazi? She gets thrown thrown out there to the media, talking about some videos, a thing that, that prompted Benghazi to happen, and then guess what? 
that's proven that, oh, you know, wasn't quite a video. We may have made that up. We might have fabricated it. We might have more information if Hillary Clinton would be more forthcoming with all of her emails that were illegally held on an illegal private server. But, again, it's going to take subpoenas. It's going to take some brave folks in the Republican Party to stand up to the pressure that the Democrats and the media will put on us, will put on them. Trey Gowdy has been, he, he's had some great one-liners, but unfortunately we, we, we haven't really gotten uh, much traction. We'll be taking our uh, our break here and getting back with our. Uh... With our guest Cecilia Shutter, she's calling in from the U.S. Green Building Council. I think we have her calling in on the line right now. It's going to be a an interesting interview, and there's been some some news lately about millennials wanting to embrace energy conservation and other ideas. And I think this is something that if, if they're the, the spokespeople for this, it can take away the argument from the left that Republicans only want to use dirty oil and coal and poison the earth when nothing could be further from the truth. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Cecilia Shutters from the U.S. Green Building Council and uh, look forward to speaking to her then. Thanks a lot. Hi. I'm Bree with Turning Point USA, and I've got some really exciting news here. I'm going to be the host of a new radio show, Turning Point USA Radio, right here on America's Web Radio. Our start date is June 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Please tune in to learn all about what Turning Point USA does on campuses across the country and hear from a few really exciting guests that we have. Can't wait for you to listen. Bye. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. I'm Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I'll be hosting a new program here on America's Web Radio. We call it The Prologue. Now, you may not yet be familiar with me or my work, and that's the point of the whole show. There are many talented writers out there that you haven't heard of yet. Now, a prologue is an introduction to a piece of literature or perhaps music, and its intention is to hook you into the story or that piece of music. In today's cluttered world of new authors and books, it can be costly and time-consuming to sample everything that's out there. That's where my new show can help. I'll introduce you to the author and their book in an hour-long discussion that just might interest you and entertain you. We hope long enough that you'll want to buy the writer's book. So join me, won't you, right here starting June 12th and continuing on Fridays after that at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on America's Web Radio. That's the prologue with Doug Dahlgren. 
I look forward to meeting you. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's Webradio.com. Joining us now is Cecilia Shutters from the uh, Building Council. Cecilia, how are you doing today? And welcome to Greg's List. Great. Thanks, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think I got the name of your, my computer just messed up, but you're from the uh, U.S. Green Building Council, is that correct? You got it. That's it. Okay. I knew I was able to come up with with an acronym for that. Now, what does does that entity do and what kind of uh, policies do they promote? Great, yeah. Um, So, the U.S. Green Building Council, we we call it the USGBC, uh, basically believes in better buildings. Uh, places that complement our environment and enhance our communities, Um, places that give people better, brighter, healthier spaces to live, work, and play. Um, USGBC, just to give you some background here, is a a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, It was founded in 1993, and essentially we're changing the way that buildings and communities are designed, built, and operated, predominantly through the use of the LEED um, uh, rating system. And essentially, we, uh, we engage over uh, 12,400 companies as members at the national level. Uh, some companies that uh, Georgia-based folks might uh, recognize are uh, Interface, the Southern Company, UPS, and Kimberly-Clark, to name a couple, um, as well as 76 chapters across the country, including USGBC of uh, Georgia. In fact, we have a local chapter there. And so USGBC aims to inspire and influence change from the schoolhouse or the retail space down on Main Street to multi-billion dollar mixed-use projects across the globe. Um, And we've found that green buildings are a win-win, offering both environmental and economic opportunity. Uh, Booz Allen actually found that um, from 2000 to 2008, green construction generated $173 billion in GDP Hmm. and supported over 2.4 million um, jobs that, of course, turned in turn provided $123 billion in labor earnings. Now, what so deter- that's a little bit about USGBC. Okay. Now, what determines um, a green project, if you will? I'm in the mortgage business as we chatted offline a few minutes ago, so I'm p- kind of aware of, uh, you know, the, you want to have uh, water faucets that turn off automatically. You want to have res- build out of recycled materials. Solar powered uh, panels are, are involved somewhat. But tell our listeners a little bit about what, in- what entails a green project. This is a great question, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head. Those are some, some examples of what might make a green building. Um, the LEED, uh, or Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design um, rating system, is a way to measure that or essentially a way to, to create a path toward a green building. Um, it's the world's premier third-party certification program, and nationally it's accepted as the benchmark for design, construction, operation, um, of high-performance green buildings. Uh, so LEED encourages and accelerates global adoption of sustainable green buildings uh, and uh, does this through the creation and implementation of a universally understood and accepted tool and performance criteria. So by using less energy, LEED certifies buildings, save money, it saves money for families, businesses, taxpayers. It reduces greenhouse gas emissions, It can, and then, of course, it contributes to healthier build, um, built environment for residents, workers, and, and larger the larger community. But a little bit about the LEED uh, system and how it works, it's a point-based system that, um, that uh, ranges 
in credits across five credit categories. And those categories are location and transportation, sustainable sites, water efficiency, energy and atmosphere, uh, material, materials and resources, and indoor environmental quality. And essentially, it's, it's 100 possible points with 10 extra points for innovation and design and regional priorities. Uh, and the points that are earned through the credits translate into uh, a, ra- a rating, which ranges from certified, which is the base level, to platinum, which is our the highest level of certification. And that's what you see. Um, you may have seen a, a lead plaque on the outside of a building. Uh-huh. And that, that plaque will indicate what level of certification and, in turn, how many points were achieved uh, in that building. Okay. And is there, um, is there addition, what kind of additional costs are there if uh, a lead building, if somebody goes to the, the trouble of buying recycled products to produce it? Is there a big difference in the, the retail price of a, let's say, condominium uh, that's mm-hmm. lead versus non-lead uh, built? What kind of price right. difference are we looking at? Right, and, and this is a question we get a lot. Um, and so, essentially, the the pathway because lead is a is a choose your own adventure, if you will. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to make the best decisions you can for your building, and those individual costs are going to be uh, germane to that project. What we do uh, with the rating system is to provide options and strategies for you to make the best choice for your project um, in the, in the most sustainable way, and so. What we found is that you know uh, there is it, it, there's pretty much price parity in terms of um, in terms of the ultimate cost because you're making you know the the project is making the decision of where they want to where and how they want to spend the money. Okay. So basically, it would be hard to compare apples and apples. They would you would just be able to say, all right, we we had to choose these products and we got them at the lowest possible price, but we figure that our uh, appeal for our project will appeal to a, a wider swath of people or people willing to pay a little bit more knowing that it was a um, a lead certified project right there there certainly is you know that's the reason why people invest in in uh, in greener projects is because they they know that people are paying attention to it um, they want to live they want to live work and play as we as we like to say over here uh, in in a better healthier more environmentally conscious building. now what kind of uh, home home builder home buying incentives I know there's there's FHA which is the federal housing authority there's also Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae which are the GSEs or government sponsored entities what kind of roles are they playing in uh, in some of the new construction projects are they offering uh, better financing terms with they use you guys I'm not really aware of any on my end, but uh, I do know that there are tax credits involved in different states. What what kind of uh, uh, programs are, are, are you bringing online here in Georgia and the rest of the country? Oh, this is such a great question, and I know this is your background, but um, from a, you know, lead is, is a market signal. You know, it's, it's a way that buildings can differ, differentiate the quality <laughs> of the building to, to a buyer, to a tenant. And um, I know we're kind of getting in the weeds a little bit here, but there's a, a great example. Fannie Mae just released um, last month an announcement that they're providing 10 base points, um, a 10 base point reduction in, um, in, an, in interest rate for fa- multifamily refinance acquisition or supplemental mortgage loan for okay. properties that earn green certification like, like the LEED certification. So, for example, if the market interest rate is 4% on a multifamily loan, the new interest rate is 3.9% on 
uh, when you apply the pricing break for a green certification. And that, and that can be a significant amount of money over a 10 or 15, or a lot of times people take out 30-year mortgages, but those usually pay off in seven years or less. But uh, that can be thousands of dollars over the lifetime of a loan. You're absolutely right. So if we're talking about a loan amortized over 30 years, the owner would be saving um, you know, $95,000 in interest rate in interest payments over, ten, over a 10-year term. So that's uh, that's certainly a positive incentive. Now it looks like we've had a, um, you know, the youth movement has been has been pushing the the green energy and solar energy. Uh, Mike Dudgeon sponsored a bill last year that Georgia Power ended up agreeing with, and I think most uh, most folks would agree that more competition in the market is better. I'm personally not a big fan of using the tax code to incentivize behavior, but I know sometimes for upstart uh, newer technologies, you need that. Um, solar, I think, is a, is a great thing for, for Georgia to have because, you know, we do have a lot of sun here, and I think buildings can actually, you know, put give power back to the power companies by, by keeping their solar powers on d- during the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think I think what you're you're kind of getting at here is um, there was an interesting piece that was that was posted as an op-ed for uh, the Georgia Association of College Republicans recently, um, and uh, just to kind of kick this off, that they cite a Pew study um, that shows that 48 percent of millennials who identify as Republicans also thought that some government environmental protection is worth the cost. Um, and I, you know, I think regardless of your political affiliation, uh, there's a growing recognition that sustainability for environment for the environment means sustained growth for business and ultimately for the economy. Um, and at the heart of this is just efficiency and using the resources we have in the most efficient way while providing the highest quality of life for as many people as possible. Right. Um, I and think, so I think weed. S- Sorry, I, I was going to say solar seems to me to have an advantage over wind at this stage. I think that really, and I'm not an expert in, in that, but I, I would say that, that that tends to be regionally specific. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's you got to use the resources that are abundant and available uh, where you are. Um, the, you know, lead is, the lead rating system is a voluntary market-based tool that allows building project teams to choose their own adventure, like I said before, to, to prioritize those kinds of decisions based on, for example, based on uh, where you are and what resources you have. Um, so, you know, starting from a perspective of breaking down efficiencies, inefficiencies um, by using integrated design, for example, it's literally encouraging project teams from owners to builders to sit down at the table together to get through the design and building of a project and, and really get it at these efficiencies that were otherwise untouched. Um, and the lead plaque kind of, you know, it signals that the building that you're in has made a set of choices and decisions, you know, based on the appropriate um, resources that they right. have available and what makes sense. And I think millennials are connecting to that because they uh, recognize that choice is important, but informed choice is what is key there because they're used to having information at their fingertips. Yep. And, you know, the lead and, rating system provides a pathway and framework for this 
Yeah, um, I was about to say it's it's ba- it, it's easy if you can see something with a, a, a high lead rating or, or a positive lead rating, it can it can tell you that okay, this is a project. If you're interested in in promoting something like that, that that's one you can take a closer look at uh, for further research and and p- to potentially buy or market. So uh, anyway, can you tell us where to find out a little bit more about your company? We're coming up to the end of the segment, but uh, I mean, I'm sorry, you're the the U.S. Green Building Council. Do you have a website or uh, st- stuff in Georgia that people can look for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for that. And I want to just say quickly about Georgia. There's so much going on. It just ranked eighth in in the country for lead certified square footage, and um, the new Falcon Stadium has said it's attempting the highest level of lead certification possible, <laughs> and it's going to pursue all of the water credits available. And we're talking about you know regional uh, priorities. They're really paying attention to that. So that's kind of a cool thing that's that's coming up. But um, you can get engaged with the local chapter at usgbcga.org. Or find out more about LEED um, and USGBC just at our web- our website at usgbc.org. Very good. Um, Cecilia Shutters, thanks for calling in to Greg's List. We'll have the replay on tonight, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Greg. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. Hi, I'm Bree with Turning Point USA, and I've got some really exciting news here. I'm going to be the host of a new radio show, Turning Point USA Radio, right here on America's Web Radio. Our start date is June 3rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Please tune in to learn all about what Turning Point USA does on campuses across the country and hear from a few really exciting guests that we have. Can't wait for you to listen. Bye. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's Web Radio.com. We're going to localize things a little bit here in the state of Georgia. Um, after this past session, we've had several elected officials um, uh, resign or decide not to run, and it's really opened up kind of a little bit of a musical chairs. I think we have seven or eight special elections, so it's clearly a busy summer, and uh, joining us now is a candidate for House District 146, which uh, former uh, House Majority Leader Larry O'Neill resigned this position after the session. His name is Shaw Blackman, and he's from Houston County, Georgia. Shaw, welcome to Gregslis. How are you today? I'm great. Good afternoon, Greg. Thanks for having me on. No problem. It's my pleasure. I uh, had uh, talked to a couple of folks that uh, are working with you in your campaign, and I thought you'd be a, a, a good guest. We're trying to kind of hit a younger age bracket here. I think you're, you know, certainly in the uh, the not a millennial, but uh, a Gen Xer like myself. And uh, <laughs> it's always good to get some younger folks in office. And uh, you've got a pretty busy election going on down there, down in Warner Robins and Bonaire. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what made you decide to, to take this chance to run for state house. Well, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a local uh, raised Houston Countyian here. Um, 
kind of went off to school, went up to the University of Georgia and came back home and uh, joined up and signed up with the family business. And I've been volunteering on a number of fronts, um, primarily, I guess, in the, the you know, support of our, our Air Force base and defense community and also in education and then as well with uh, business and industry here locally. And um, just decided, you know, we've been blessed with great, you know, leadership here in Houston County. And uh, I thought it was time that our, a new generation with a fresh perspective step up. And, uh, you know, I think I've, I've committed myself and, and engaged on a, a civic front. And, uh, how, you know, bottom line for me is Houston County is a special place, and I want to see it continue to be that way. Yeah, Houston County is about two to two and a half hours south of Atlanta on I-75. It does have Warner Robins Air Force Base, one of the largest uh, Air Force bases in the south, and it's it, clearly a huge employer for y'all. I mean, I think the it's probably at least 30,000 jobs in that area. Does that sound about right? Well, it, it, you know, once you count in probably some of the private sector jobs that it, that it influences, it does near up to, to 30. It's over 20, I think, over actually civilians and military personnel and then the the economic impact is is close to three billion dollars on on the state of georgia three billion yeah wow that's that's an incredible amount considering our annual budget's only about 21 billion dollars so it is certainly a massive uh job engine and uh an important uh, con- uh defense cog for us as well now you are a uh, university of georgia grad majored in uh management information systems which is uh, basically computer stuff for the non-mis people out there so you've I guess studied ways to make things more efficient. Is that something you want to take to the the Gold Dome if you uh, get elected? It, it it for me it is. I think you know uh, simplification, efficiency, uh, those kinds of things are very important. How we can streamline government, how we can get it out of the way, how we can make it more simple and uh, you know not so complex. And I know we do a, a relatively good job at the state level versus what we see sometimes at the federal level, but I think we need to continue to work to improve on that. Yeah, well, what uh, what kind of issues do you think Georgia faces that are our, our biggest challenges? I know that Atlanta is kind of looked at as um, one part of the state and then everywhere else is, and Atlanta may have all the, the major traffic problems, but you can still have big traffic backups, especially in cities like Warner Robins that may not have as big of a, a highway system or a network of roads, but they still have a, a, a huge swath of uh, professionals going to work every day. So what kind of challenges do you see, and uh, how do you guys guys you know look at atlanta in the microscope versus the rest of the state well you know i i know that atlanta and georgia in in general has a a ton of things that i think probably need to be looked at and and what can can best serve the citizens all across georgia Uh, specifically atlanta i think you know obviously you mentioned transportation it's been a big issue up there uh, this past session Um, for me I think just getting started, having only been in politics for about six weeks now, um, <laughs> I've really focused a lot of my uh, kind of time and energy here locally with respect to some of the, the areas that, you know, you and I already talked about, and that's, you know, our defense community and education. I served on, um, you know, uh, the local foundation board for the technical college and our K-12 through system, and then up at the state with the technical college system of Georgia State Board. So, there are some things I think that are important to us education-wise here, and then also, um, you know, trying to recruit jobs and bring business and industry um, here to Houston County. And I think, you know, all three of those probably impact the rest of the state 
to, to a great level as well. I know certainly on the job front, we're, we're always looking to recruit more jobs and bring industry to Georgia, and it's a competitive environment right now. Yeah, I mean, we've seen South Carolina swoop in and take the uh, Volvo plant, which was uh, kind of earmarked for the Pooler or Savannah area. Uh, but on a, on a positive note, we have seen the uh, Savannah port deepening actually come in uh, come into focus, and it looks like that one's going to um, – I think they've already started dredging it, and, and uh, what that will do is be able to get a lot of these huge uh, transportation and, and shipping uh, elements that are coming through the, the Panama Canal to Georgia and Savannah is going to end up being the, the second, I think the second largest port on the Eastern seaboard. Once it's all said and done, that's the plan anyway. What, um, what impact Probably is a good problem to have? I was about to say, <laughs> what impact is that for Warner Robins? Cause y'all are right. You know, I 16 is not too far from, uh, 75 where, and y'all are kind of centrally located. So I would think that that would be a great, uh, area for y'all to leverage. Well, logistically speaking, it, it will be. Uh, we, we've actually, and I, I think this is probably where we differ a little bit from Atlanta, we've invested locally in our infrastructure and in our roads and, and highway network down here um, is, is kind of been built up over the years, and I think that's probably where we, we differ a little bit from from that Atlanta question you mentioned earlier. But if we can leverage that and uh, attract business that would would either need you know some sort of inland port or some sort of uh, uh, type of uh, distribution center uh, that would make sense for the things that are coming in through that port, then that would that would be a good thing I think for Houston County, Warner Robins, and all of Middle Georgia. Yep, seems like you're involved with the business community down in uh, down in that area, House District 146. Uh, talking to Shaw Blackman here, a, a six week old politician. That's uh, <clears throat> clearly not a career politician. But um, it, what what do business leaders tell you? Some of their biggest uh, hurdles are to uh, to be able to create more jobs and to to make more money. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think obviously if we could. From a, a tax perspective, and, and I know I'm, I'm pretty green here, so uh, I, I think a comprehensive look at our tax structure and, you know, try to figure out how we, we don't pick winners and losers so much and, and we allow, you know, business owners to, to, to go out and invest in things and uh, see some return on those investments and uh, see that dollar go to the bottom line. I think you can see expansion and growth. Um, thrive. I, I, I know that we've done some things here in the state that have helped. Uh, we, I think the housing market is starting to come back. Uh, that kind of uh, environment is, is helping move things along. But we can continue, I think, from a state's perspective to, to take a look at what we do from a taxing uh, stance and, and incentivize job growth and provide a, a solid workforce. There's been a little bit of a movement to um, to get rid of this the state income tax. It was actually put up on a referendum. Uh, I guess it was just a year ago or so that um, to to cap the tax at six percent. And there's a movement now to to slowly get rid of that and replace the revenue with a uh, a bigger sales tax. Is that uh, a missive that that you support? Well, you look at Tennessee, they don't have a state income tax. Florida doesn't have a state income tax. I think if we want to continue to be competitive, we've got to look at those kind of things. I, I think it would be great to see, see Georgia move in that direction. Um, obviously, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that, I guess, components to, to that. But, yes, it would be something I would be very interested in seeing move forward. 
Yeah, one of the frustrations that I hear a lot is that um, we don't we they push bills through and then they add a lot of amendments or unrelated issues to them. They make the sausage, so to speak. Um, I think for 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 newer legislators in general, that uh, if they can focus on keeping bills simple and try to keep them as as limited and in, in scope and scale as possible, that that's really the goal and that's what's going to build the public support. We saw Representative Alan Peake finally be able to push through a medical marijuana bill. The first year it didn't go through. Um, there were some amendments thrown on at the end. He had to work a, a whole another year to get uh, get one through. And of course, not everybody was 100% happy with it, but it was incremental progress. Um, is that, uh, what kind of philosophy will you take as far as uh, your, your legislative goals? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, why, why couldn't we uh, make everything uh, simple, simple, uh, you know, so that I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy myself. I mean, let's let's all try to understand what these things are saying and uh, keep them as short and uh, brief and uh, you know understandable as we possibly can. It makes all the sense in the world to me. Yep. All right. Well, listen. Where can people find out more about you and your campaign? Well, we're at um, shawblackman.com on 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 the web, and uh, we'd love to have them join it. We got the election coming up on July 14th. And uh, just like to see everybody get out and vote, and uh, love to have them vote for Shaw Blackman. I appreciate you having me on, Greg. Yeah, how's it been campaigning? I know um, parts of rural Georgia are very difficult to campaign in, but Warner Robins is—it's not really that rural. There's a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of base housing, and in fact, it's actually somewhat walkable, and it does have some decent-sized population centers, and and you get free food because of all the pecan trees down there. <laughs> but, uh, so, ha- have you enjoyed campaigning so far? <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, it's 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 great to get out and meet the people and 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 hear what issues are important. And every day we're we're walking the streets and every day we're talking to folks. You hear something new and something that uh, that you 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 want to be able to take uh, take on as we go through this process and take it to Atlanta and and hopefully make uh, make things better for for all of Georgia. Yeah, it's a quick-hitting election. You've got a couple of uh, opponents in there. What do you think differentiates you? It looks like it'll, I don't know, uh, hopefully it'll be a fairly friendly, uh, competitive uh, election. But what do you think separates you from the other two folks in there? Um, Well, uh, you know, of the three of us right now, maybe youth. <laughs> just <laughs> no I, I i think we have three you know three good candidates i think we're 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 all uh, friends but i know that some of the things that that i've worked on and some of the things that i've been involved in my interest has not been just serving or sitting on a board or being uh take being a placeholder and so running for office uh, in this capacity for me is not about getting elected. It's really about going up there and being effective um, and being able to do something for the citizens of Houston County. And I, that's what I've tried to do in other areas in mm-hmm. which I've served. And I feel like I've done that. Well, Shaw Blackman, we appreciate you calling in today and look forward to seeing you out on the campaign trail. Three people in there, who knows, could be a runoff if uh, somebody doesn't get the 50% plus one. And uh, I'm sure that's exactly what you want to be doing is spending the hot summer in middle Georgia. <laughs> Go, I, I, I will say it's probably good for uh, the exercise. Uh, you know, it is. Your, your cardio is probably picking up significantly. But uh, anyway, go dogs. Uh, I'm always excited to have another Georgia Bulldog. I, I'm a class of 97 graduate. So, uh, All right. Tell uh, we appreciate your team reaching out to us and getting uh, getting you scheduled for it. And uh, good luck with the election, sir. Thanks a lot, Greg. It's great talking to you. Yep, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye bye.
So that was uh, Shaw Blackman, not Sean, Shaw, S-H-A-W, a little bit like Shaw Industries up in Dalton, Georgia. He is uh, running for State House in uh, District 146 down in Warner Robins, Bonaire. Uh, very, it's literally the smack dab middle of Georgia. So um, he's one of, I think we have at least seven special elections going on right now. There's been uh, a lot of folks jumping into the the old uh, competition. It's basically $400 to put your name on the ballot. So whenever some of these positions open up, which I got to give credit to some of the legislators for term limiting themselves, they've they've decided to uh, not run for re-election, and it's opening up the avenues for a lot of uh, newer faces and younger folks to get in. But anyway, we're going to take our final break here and see you in a couple minutes on Gregslist. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I've got a new program starting here, June 12th at 11 a.m. It's called The Prologue, and we'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. Join us, won't you, starting June 12th, 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's Web Radio.com. I uh, had a little bit of a, a cold lately, so hopefully not. Uh, hopefully, I'm coughing away from the microphone, but uh, I don't want to sound like I got, I've got emphysema or anything on here. Certainly, nothing like that. But uh, I just want. You've been to Colorado. Just one lately? of those summer cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've been I've been chewing on the brownies from Colorado. But, ah. Uh, yeah, so David Scott Walker was here yesterday. I know, um, I know he's in your top tier of folks that uh, that you're looking at. He really wowed it. Oh, the, uh, the week before, John Kasich was here from Ohio, and Rick Mr. Rick, Personality. Rick Santorum announced uh, last week as well. Donald Trump scheduled on June 16th. Uh, Rick Perry rumored to jump in. Bobby Jindal has put together a exploratory committee. Lindsey Graham announced uh, yesterday officially. I gotta say, Greta really treated Lindsey very well. I mean, they. I, I don't. For some reason, I was watching Fox last night. Normally, I don't watch the news that much because it gets redundant. It's a little depressing, but um, you know, it was kind of on in the background. And she had a really good interview with him and his sister, who he actually took care of. I, I will say the interview made him look look more human. Um, it, it made me think a little bit more positive about his uh, him as a person, not necessarily as a presidential candidate. Um, in my opinion, Rand Paul has really kind of fallen off the, the turnip truck lately, hasn't he? He's been... Uh, you know, I, I I know the NSA is listening in right now, so I'd like to give a shout-out to, to my friends over there. Hello! But, um, you know, with his grandstanding at a certain point, I, I, I thought it was great initially to get the conversation started about it, to build awareness, but now he's, he's, he's looking desperate somewhat, I think. Don't you? He's been... Looking almost spiteful, they they basically have sixty votes to pass this USA Freedom Act, which means that the government will not be holding on to the phone records that the big phone companies will be, and the government can only access them with a warrant. We well, heard that's it, not going well. It, 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 that uh, the uh, the phone companies that they are talking to are rejecting the idea of them. Having, oh, they don't want it. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's it. just more cost for them. So, well, you know, I, I tell you. Uh, you got I, I, the big phone companies that are capitalistic, supposedly, and uh, then you got big government. I this may sound crazy, but I I might trust the big phone companies less than I trust big government. Um, you know, do I want them? You know, the whole thing boils down to is I understand where where Paul is coming from. You right. know, but. I think he's, you know, we live in an age that, um, personally, I want to see why. I want to cover my ass and and, uh, whatever it takes to make sure the towel heads don't get in, that's what I want. And uh, my my conversations, even the radio station, we've, you know, we've had some experiences with uh, our government. Yep. Um, But I don't care. I'm not hiding anything, you know. And, and well, I guess what I worry about is that all this collected data could we we've seen how aggressive the Obama administration was using the IRS. If we get a, a Hillary administration, which God help us, um, that'll be eight plus years of Democrats that clearly 
like the George Orwell 1984 novel. They're they're using it as a user's guide, not a not a, uh, a warning. Uh, and and we even with the House and the Senate now under Republican hands, I don't feel like they're able to get anywhere with the investigations that's that's you know of all these scandals that have come up. I don't feel like they've been able to get any traction. You've got Lois Lerner pleading the fifth, a high-ranking IRS official who's pleading the Fifth Amendment. And she's not in jail. Her ass should be in jail right now. I agree. Uh, you know, I and, agree. and so I don't know if if we're lacking the backbone. You remember the late '90s when they they prosecuted Bill Clinton? You had Newt Gingrich and Bob Barr and and, and a host of other Republicans. The they had the backbone. What's the difference between now and then? We we have the House and the Senate right now. And we have a president that we need to, to push as much as we can to the center or put in handcuffs, as, as, as some, well, need, some might need, allude to. You need the same thing with Hillary. We had the 18-minute hum on the tape uh, in the Nixon-Watergate Nixon uh, right. situation. Yeah, Nixon and was, that was nothing Nixon resigned to, for 18 minutes, and we have thousands of, uh, of emails. missing emails and, and, other, and other testimony from not just Hillary Clinton, but from... Uh, Eric Holder, from Lois Lerner, from John Koskinen, all these people at the IRS. That's one gentleman that I can't stand. The Koskinen guy? Yeah. yeah he looks like he's he should be in Lord of the Rings or something, doesn't he? He looks like an orc, kind of. But uh, he's, um, in fact, for the when the uh, IRS got hacked and 100,000 people's uh, identities and tax refunds are now uh, perhaps vulnerable, they wanted to get the data director to testify in Congress, and Koskinen kept on saying, no, no, I'll do it, and Congress has gone back, ISA and, uh, and Gowdy and company have said, no, no, we need the actual person that knows the technical side, and so basically they've been trying to shield that person, I, I don't have the, the name of them right now, but I, I remember reading that, and I thought that was pretty fascinating that they're going to send out the, the little orc to, uh, to, to not testify, like he has in so many others. Basically, the only time he have, he's ever said anything is that, well, thanks to Republican budget cuts, we're not going to be able to audit as many people. To me, I'm like, hell yeah, Republicans. Let's, we do we really need let, more people being audited? I don't think so. You know, I, I've been very disappointed in this Congress for the last six months. We've uh, basically since we won. Mm-hmm. So you won. What are you going to do with it? You know, it, it's beginning to look like the the dog that caught the car. Uh, once well, he got the car, he didn't know what the hell to well, do with it. Here's the thing. Um, you know, we've got the Supreme Court decision about uh, the Obamacare subsidies coming out. 37 states that, uh, according to the, the actual language in the law, should not be able to get federal subsidies. And what I've been reading lately, which is, is mind-boggling to me, is if the uh, Supreme Court finds in favor of the plaintiffs, which people are blaming uh, Republicans on this one, but um, they're more libertarians in, in this specific case. But they're saying, oh, it's the Republicans' problem if the subsidies go away. Now, how how is it Republicans' problem when not a single one of them voted for it? We voted to repeal it several times. We haven't even gotten the repeal to the president's desk now that they've had the Senate. But all of a sudden now... If this law, you know, it, it continues in the death spiral, it's now the Republicans' problem. How how is that possible? I mean, is it? Do you think? Do you think that's true, David? That it's the Republicans' problem? 
Uh, it's mind-boggling to read headlines like that in the mainstream media. When the Associated Press puts out articles that say it's a, it's a Republican problem now, I, uh, I, it, it just shows you the, the abject bias against us. You know, everything, quite frankly, is the Republicans' <coughs> problem because the Republicans are stupid as a door. Uh, <laughs> you know... No, you, you laugh, but that's the facts. Well, uh, Bobby Jindal said we got to stop being the stupid party. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the fact is the Democrats can take a, a bold-faced lie and turn it into the truth, and the Republicans sit there on their thumb saying, but we didn't do it. It's not our fault. We, we're innocent. We're sweet, mm-hmm. and we're loving, and we didn't do it. And they, You know, the Republicans... They, they have no media abilities yeah. whatsoever. They are the most unsavvy political party I've ever seen. Now I will say, Bill Cassidy, the new senator from Louisiana, who took out Air Mary Landrew, and uh, Representative Tom Price have both offered Republican alternatives to Obamacare that could replace it. Uh, assuming everything um, go, everything is already going bad in it. Even the the states that. Uh, it, provided their own exchanges, are going bankrupt. Hawaii is done. Covered California is done. Oregon couldn't even get theirs after spending $200 million. So those entities, the, the, the 15 states or so that actually started their own exchanges, they are in the death spiral in and of themselves. And we don't know the how the damn mu- thing doesn't work. And we don't know how much this pr- whole program is going to cost because, once again, they have delayed the painful parts and put in the goodies and the goodies have been there for about four or five years. And this is the, you know, the, the no pre-existing condition. And for some reason, people think it's good for kids for to stay on mommy and daddy's insurance till the age of 26. I, that's apparently a popular part of the program. I, I hesitate to think it's good for a 26-year-old to be. Is it good for a 26-year-old to be in mommy and daddy's basement? Then it ain't good for him to be on mommy and daddy's health care. Anyway, we got to wrap up here. We appreciate you all listening today. Thank you to our guests for calling in. We had a couple of really good segments with uh, Cecilia Shutters from uh, the, the building. Uh, I can't remember the acronym for that one. I toggled off of that already. But uh, And we also had Shaw Blackman running for House District 46. Um, Cecilia was with the uh, LEED program or the LEED program, which is uh, a green building code and a pretty exciting topic, especially for people that are looking to buy property in the near future. We'll see you next week on Greg's List. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.